This is the Cast. We're looted, we're booted, vaxxed, waxed. We're ready we're, to uh, go. we're on the, we're on the, what is it, the bus? We're on the, what is it, what's the Fortnite bus called? The, uh, the, oh, I don't know, I, don't, I never played Fortnite. I played yeah. one game of Fortnite with my buddy, and we both were like, we're too old for this. There's too much happening, we can't keep yeah. up. It, it's it. just it's just Warzone, but cartoons. It's really, not. Isn't it? There's there's two different things to Fortnite. Cause there's like the actual shooting side, but it's all very cartoony. And then there's the looting and mining side, like from Minecraft, where you break down everything, all the terrain, all the buildings, everything, Ooh, and then you build walls and like ramps, like fortresses in the middle of gunfights so it's like incredibly complex and you have to have like a child's brain working at a million miles a minute to be able to manage both oh and so me that and him, sounds like my game we grabbed like rocket launchers and like hid in the woods because we were so scared we were like we can't we, we can't do this we're we're too old we can't process this game fast some of enough. those like some of those damn like eight-year-olds and ten-year-olds are really good or really yeah, good at like, games so like in the summer we had the uh the war zone uh tournament that tournament. was hosted by faber and uh quads and they had that show that. up and the kids that were in that were so fucking good that i like i think of myself as like a pretty decent war zone player like when i'm on I'm, i can be really goddamn good um i felt like i had never played the game before in my life when our squad had encountered some of these like kids that were playing who would just like roll in three hit you and you're dead and yeah. i i was like oh, i don't ever want to play this game again i'm good and then i feel so inadequate and then he never did no and then i never i, no, I was I, I was I, I was in that tournament and that was i believe the uh well i i played a little bit i practiced beforehand and i was but i'm very bad at it i'm bad at all like any sort of any sort of like shooting game i am just i'm useless at uh it was very funny because i recruited a couple of my buddies uh from like not from the hockey the world to come and play mm -hmm. uh with me and i guess i act and i guess they're actually really good and i was i at first i was like oh god did i accidentally like bring in a bunch of like ringers and are people gonna hate me because i suck and i just brought in like two really good <laughs> guys to play with me uh but and they were basically just dragging me to any sort of place it was very very funny you're like what um, do i do Literally, the closest I came to doing anything interesting in that entire game was I. I believe we came up on uh, on Wyatt on Wyatt from uh, Trust the Process the Stanchion, uh, uh, and uh, I think I like grazed him with my, with a shot. Like I got him like in the shoulder or something, and then of course he immediately turns around and just gone. I'm just yeah, gone. Yeah. Yeah, just bummed me. I was like so close. I was like, I literally told him after, I'm like, dude, I was so close to getting you to get to, to getting you, and then you just one shot at me, and I was gone. Uh, I don't play those types of games because, look, I am I'm <laughs> for not that good very at them. reason. For that very reason, I'm not good at them. I don't think I've never played Fortnite. I'm very much a uh, very calm type of gamer. Uh, I don't make any sort of like moves or decisions, you know, uh, that, that end up working in my favor in those games. Usually it just, I just miss like, I, like I have the right semblance of the idea and then it goes wrong somehow. And that's kind of where we're going to getting to right now with Seattle and with the Seattle draft coming up and everything going on with it. Like, I mean, we had the Nick Letty trade just a minute ago. Uh, yeah, and that was, we, uh, that was an time, interesting. 
by the time you folks finish or even start listening to this episode, it's going to be completely out of date. So we're going to try and blaze through this one to get it in your ears as soon as possible. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Creasecast. Creasecast episode 130. I don't know if wow. thir- I mean, is there a significant number What like in 130 or 13 in Canucks Let- history? Uh, 113, uh, was, uh, Matt Sundin's number, uh, oh, okay. when, he, when he played for the Canucks and I believe everyone else, uh, he is most known though for his time with the Canucks. And, uh, well, then that fits with our theme of this episode because we're cool. talking about players that are likely going to be shifted around here, uh, around the league for one year deals, because that's just the way things go right now in hockey. Uh, the Spanish draft is 12 p.m. Eastern time or something tomorrow the, or the, the 12 freeze, p.m. Pacific. So the, free, so the freeze is tomorrow. The freeze Correct. is uh, tomorrow. And then the actual draft itself is, I believe on, uh, is I believe on uh two Wednesday. Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Wednesday, because right, they, it's the they get like a negotiating window. Once the, once the rosters get frozen, the Kraken are allowed to negotiate with all pending UFAs to try and negotiate deals or whatever with them. That is, that is going to be a very interesting wrinkle. Cause that, I feel like yeah. we actually, I feel like that might be the part of this that we haven't actually talked about all that much mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that like, Hey, there are some guys who are upcoming UFAs that are pretty big names. Like, well, I mean, again, I, when I, now, when I say that, obviously if you went to look at pending UFAs right now, the top one would be like Alex Ovechkin, but that's not happening. Uh, but you never like, know. Are, you, you never know. I don't know if uh, I think, I think Ovech Ovi just became recently like part owner of a, of a women's pro soccer team in Washington. So I don't think he's planning on going anywhere uh, anytime soon. Yeah. So I uh, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe he wants to invest in the Seattle Sounders as well. I believe they have a very similar uh, ownership structure. So, uh, Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe but, it's for him. But before we uh, get into the expansion draft stuff, why don't we quickly talk about the the first bit of Canucks-related news? Because we were hoping to talk about story. this last episode, um, but there was a delay because the Vancouver Canucks didn't want to rush greatness. They wanted to take their time with yes. the reveal of the branding of their uh, AHL team. And as not really promised, but at 10.25 a.m. on Wednesday, 25 minutes after they were supposed to have dropped it, oh, they that's... revealed their their branding, their logo, their team name, and all of it was, I mean, depending on what you think about the Johnny Canuck logo and the jerseys in general, thoroughly underwhelming is about what you can describe it. They are the Abbotsford Canucks. They are using a Johnny Canuck emblem as their team logo. The jersey is basically a a version, a modified version of a jersey they released in 2015 for St. Patrick's Day, just with modified sleeves that have the Abbotsford A on it, and there's a bit more white piping, but otherwise... It's, yeah. it's pretty much something they already had in their repertoire, which is pretty disappointing for people like you and myself who love jerseys and logos and all that. Yeah, we have a bit shot lame. So if you are following us on our YouTube channel, you can see a bit of uh, yeah. what we're talking about here. If you we haven't, haven't kept up with the news, we haven't, 
right here. But oh, you know what? I'm sorry. This is actually the Canucks alternate logo from 2008, 2009. Uh, let me actually go to the right one. Uh, there, uh, which is right here. Uh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong page. This. Oh wait, it's exactly oh, the same. Wait. It's the exact Literally same the logo. Exact same. Literally the exact same. Um, okay. So here, I'll ask you first. What do you do? You like the Johnny Canuck logo on its own? Uh, okay, so yeah, just from an objective, if we're just talking objective, just logo the logo itself, yeah. I think it's like okay. I don't get people's fascination with it. Like people seem to really love this logo for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's like it's fine. Like it's not great. Like looking at it even right now, I'm looking at it like okay. You guys can't see it on my screen, uh, but I guess here it is right here. Um, like the, like just looking at it right now, I'm like, okay, so this logo, I can't actually, for starters, I can't actually tell when you're looking at it. You can't tell what, it, where, where, where his mouth is or if it has a mouth, like that's kind of the weird it's his thing. mustache, right? Right. Like that's what I'm pretty sure. That's, a, that's so that's a mustache and that's supposed to be like the beard like combo. Chin kind of and thing. mouth combo. But, it, but if you're looking at it in another way, he actually kind of looks like it's a Muppet face where it's got like the nose, but like the mouth is right underneath the nose. And that's like the, in that like negative, that negative uh, shade in area right here. That negative he actually looks like the mouth. It looks like a Muppet. He looks like the Pringles, the Pringles can guy. Oh my God. You're right. He kind of looks like the Pringles guy. Yeah. I'm just noticing minus this right now. The, I'm like, oh yeah. Minus minus the mustache. It's the, Pringles logo. That's like, really like, like if the yeah. Okay, so here's and actually here's like the new uh act, the new Pringles man who yeah. actually was like really hated. Uh, it's the dotted for, eyes, right? It's and it's the mustache the, is just not as uh solid, but it's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah, but you're to- I, totally. I'm in the same right. boat, right? Because like I don't understand the appeal to it as like a, a logo because I've never really associated it with anything, anything. to do with the Canucks. Like, it's just like, so the they introduced only... it. They had the, the, the Johnny Canuck guy who had like the hype up videos uh, at games and in game videos. That, and that was cool. That yeah. stuff was kind of, yeah, <laughs> there's the, there's the, uh, <laughs> there's the, uh, the kind of the connector. Yeah. It's the eyes. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. But like, if imagine if instead of the mustache, like it's just like, that's the, there's no, yeah, it's oh, just, a, actually, it's just no, a, yeah. a hipster mustache, but like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, he. You're. It's just if the Pringles guy had a beard, basically. That's very funny. I <laughs> and was a little angry. That's uh, that is really funny. Um, the only time they've ever used that logo on any sort of uh actual like official team uniform is it was a the decal for the helmets uh on the stick and rink jersey they used back in the Reebok era. So they and got from '09 the Luongo sh- era jerseys. I think they had uh, it as a shoulder patch at one point too. They had they? the they had the face which was on with like the V, the v with yeah. the V, which is a different logo. Uh, which similar, I don't, like, which I don't like at all. By the way, something again, another logo that some people absolutely love and swear by. It's yeah. it's fine. I actually would argue that I like that one more than I like the one that I like the full body version. I sure. think and. And this is why, and this is kind of why I'm a little, I'm very annoyed about this, this, this logo. So it's not the, again, objectively, like if you, if you put the, that Johnny Canuck logo on like a t-shirt or something, or like a jacket or a hat or something, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's very cool. That's a cool looking shirt. I would buy that or I would wear that kind of thing. It's kind of retro. It's like, it's a modernized version of a retro drawing. 
but sure. it's kind of cool. It's interesting. But for a sports jersey in specifically, it is a terrible logo to use because it, it it's not very symmetrical. It's kind of all over the place. It doesn't it when you show it on the actual pictures. Like if you we were to actually if I were able to tr uh, have the time to like pull up the actual like promo shots they used for mm -hmm. uh, when they uh, when they announced the uniforms and everything with like Francesco Aquilini and Jim Benning. And I'm not sure the guy dropping the puck was in the middle. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody knows who that is. I, I, I think he was a former he player for the actual team that wore the Vancouver Giants logo. Mm, I don't I, know. Maybe, maybe like Mayor of Abbotsford or something. It must, I don't think so. Uh, no, maybe, the Mayor of Abbotsford is okay. a bit younger, I'm pretty sure. But I think he was like a okay. former player or something that they flew out. But Right. right. But either way, anyway. like from that far back, you can't even really tell what it is. Like it just no. kind of looks like it looks more almost like a windmill, really. It looks kind of like like from like if you're looking at it from that distance, it actually just kind of looks like a weirdly like blurry windmill because there's like the, the legs are like different parts of like the windmill like uh like uh parts it's yeah. kind of it doesn't look great um again as, and i saw some people saying this would be better as an alternate logo or like on the shoulder patch and i'm like yes that is correct it would look better in those spots so the fact that they went with it here especially the fact that they have him wearing a green shirt like the, they kept the green shirt he's wearing a green shirt in the logo Mm -hmm. And then they put it on a green jersey, which makes it harder to see. Like, it's just all of these things that for like really just show the fact that they didn't put any time into this. They didn't put yeah. any time or effort. The stripes don't match on the no. two jerseys that they w picked. They don't, they don't match. Like, again, another just kind of a why? Like, yeah. why didn't, why don't the two uniforms you're wearing? have a matching striping setup why are they both completely different from one another that makes no it sense makes no sense and it just like kind of underscores like just how lazy the reveal was and the fact that they delayed it by a week you just question like what what did, were you delaying for and how could you honestly use the phrase we can't rush greatness when all you're doing is just like picking up something yeah. from the back room and reusing it again it's yeah, so somebody... incredibly lazy. And for a team that like, like, as you and I both know, like the team hasn't really given the fan base any reason to root for them. Like, sure. They've, they've drafted some stars, but like last year was so miserable that all they needed was like a little W to show like, like, Hey guys, we're really trying. We really care about your guys's fandom. We want to give you an AHL team that you're going to be proud to cheer for. Yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, committing like a graphic designer or whatever, like a, a video producer, like assets to actually make like a brand or design a brand like that people are going to say like, yeah, that's a team I can support. Like, hell yeah, they are really trying here. They just phoned it in. Completely. Like the, I believe Utica or Robert Eshi um, registered for the trademark for the Utica Devils uh, back on, I don't know, like April 13th or something like that. So right. like and four that might months not ago, or three yeah. months and ago, that, sorry. And even if that might not necessarily mean that it was a for sure done deal that they were leaving, mm -hmm. at the very least you had some, sem the, the team had some sort of semblance that they might be on, 
yeah. decided that might be taking the team elsewhere by that point. So well, that, at that point, they if, had time to start three planning ago, a second, have a plan B ready. To yeah. Go. If three months ago, Robert Eshi was thinking, Oh shit, they're going to be leaving. I better, you know, cover my bases. Then three months ago is when the Canucks should have been doing their due diligence to prep an, uh, a brand launch. Like I said it on two of the podcasts I was on this week, uh, I love how you got invited onto two podcasts to talk about the jerseys and the uniforms. I, know, and so the, I think that's this is the fantastic. Yeah, you know what's funny? I I was uh, when I was about to write the notes for this. I I was I had to remember. Like, did we talk about this already? I've talked about it and, so much in a span of forty eight hours. I had no idea if yeah. I was already like I had already done it like in the previous day. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> on those two podcasts, I was like the uh, the actual like logo or like the logo itself right it's like whatever the name is whatever but just like the entire the choice you know to 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 late like be as lazy as they were for a pro sports franchise like the team just launched a pro sports franchise in bc like that's a pretty pretty significant significant thing to do like can, canadian even if it uh, is provinces HL. don't get uh, pro sports franchises that often more often than not you see franchises leave look at the montreal expos look at like newfoundland growl growlers they had their that one team beforehand that they had to leave because they couldn't afford it in the echl they finally got uh the trois rivieres lions uh for the echl in quebec so that's three pro sports franchises in the last like five years into canada and two of them are the ECHL. So this is a pretty big deal to get like a, like a second tier hockey league into the, into Canada. Into and your own over, backyard. Into your own backyard. And the overwhelming reaction was nobody gives a shit. Like all the people like you and I who are like, eh, the logo's kind of a loss. I don't know if it's that great. Uh, there's way too much green on the logo and it doesn't give you any indication that it's a Canucks team. Uh, affiliation. I, now, I will quibble with that. I did see you. You you, you did the whole like the thing yeah. on like the, the thread. I will argue. Like to be fair, the team is called the Canucks. I do think people will know instantly who it is. No, no, I don't think my that's point is, the hard part. If if you made that logo black and white, you have no. And you showed it to like a six year old kid, and you said, "Hey, kid, who? What Who's team? It? What team is this team affiliated with?" I think they'd ask, well, I think the kid would ask you, what's an affiliate? <laughs> okay, they'd be like, okay, this this <laughs> team. Like, what is that? <laughs> okay, kid. Okay, eight-year-old. This team is the brother of an NHL team. What NHL team do you think they're the brother of? Mm, that kid okay. would be like, if it's I don't know. Give me my candy. <laughs> like, okay. if you mm. really look at the logo, like, I couldn't believe this on the first watch. This is why I really tweeted about how there's no brand representation. It doesn't say Abbotsford anywhere. It doesn't say Vancouver anywhere. It doesn't have any, it has the stick and rink patch, which is like, again, a nostalgia thing. So you really have no, to know. Which is noticeably absent from the prototypes that they're wearing. Uh, yes. Very interesting. They don't uh, have the whale logo on either jersey of the shoulder patches. That's the team's main logo on their NHL franchise, and it's not included. I mean, the, that's um, insane. I guess the Comets didn't, though, either. So yeah, they did. I, no, they, they had didn't, the they, just, they had the no, uh, they were the stick in the rink. They were just the stick in the rink. They had the they didn't have the the Orca on the on the uniforms anywhere. If I had time, I'd run to my closet right now and I'd check my jersey. But I'm I'm pretty I sure I'll believe you. 
But yeah, okay. Yeah. My my point stands though. Like if you're moving a team like to your backyard and you're trying brand synergy, like wouldn't you want the main logo, like your Orca logo, as the shoulder patch so you just like know like this is the affiliate? Like I pointed out the Tucson Roadrunners AHL franchise affiliate of Arizona. Their mm-hmm. shoulder patches are the Arizona State uh shoulder patch which, that which the they share with coyotes the, do. With the coyotes and it's have. on the actual Roadrunner skater too. Like so all you have to do is modify Johnny Canuck to have the whale logo shoulder patch on his chest or something. That's all you really need <laughs> to actually, do. Oh, so it's you know like, what? That it, might it honestly that might actually make me like that jersey more. If like they I agree. had it like like not if they made the not if they did straight up uh what that that what is that joke that that joke jersey everybody always posts anytime a new Canucks jersey comes out where it's like the Orca skating with like oh, flying orca skates boy? on its feet. Yeah, Orca, orca boy. I don't, is that what it's called? Orca yeah. boy and it's got it's like, like literally it's like every, every single every patch jersey? that they want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like a piece so of every funny. single patch. It's very funny. I do enjoy yeah. it. Um, as, and is and is also why I'm actually which is why the one thing I like about these uniforms is that they're green and blue. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, they should have done the old skate cut. They should have just done the skate, the old skate jerseys, and brought those back." And I'm like, "Okay, like maybe like those would be better, like uh, like in terms of uh, like logo wise and stuff, mm-hmm. but." Green and blue is your brand now. You got to stick with that. That yeah. does have they've, to be They've clearly with. committed to green and blue. Which is they, the right call. Which is the, the right best, call. It's their it's best just, color combination. Yeah. It's just what they've done to embrace the green and blue for the AHL franchise is like the laziest thing imaginable, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the striping um, on it isn't even good. It's just a big, giant green shirt. Like why it's is the, so what, much green. Why is the striping on the in the like so the the one thing so one of the the the, the design elements that could be kind of cool about these uniforms like uh and for the record I am I do like that they went with a green jersey rather than a blue home jersey yeah uh, specifically because they already have enough the Canucks already have enough blue jerseys and yeah. I wanted to see them embrace green a little bit better a little bit more um the comets thir- sorry the- sorry to interject but the comets third jersey that was the green with the white yeah, that shoulders, was their best one that was, that was their the best, best jersey on the farm. i wanted to i've i've for a long time i've been clamoring for them to for the canucks to wear to make a version of that jersey for the yeah, full, as their third jersey um but um they they also have like the old uh the old Vancouver V sort of thing from the, mm-hmm. uh, on the Jersey, like as in, but like turned around for an A, but for some reason it's, uh, it, the, the striping isn't like, isn't even. So it's a big blue. So there's like a big blue stripe and then a tiny green stripe. And they've done it in this way where like, I guess where I'm like, you know, you could just still have them both, both those stripes be the same size and, have them uh like like have it go straight down the middle right you didn't have to uh you don't have to make them this very weird where one is bigger than the other and they look super all like all the stripes on the uniform are different like why did you why did you do that why are they all different i don't Uh, i don't know it's because they rushed it right it's just like it's because they they grabbed whatever green jerseys they had in the back and then they put some white piping to make the a and then threw the Johnny Canuck thing on it. We're like, okay, hey, go it, take pictures. We don't they, have time. Somebody said they looked like EA Sports, like NHL, like created jerseys, <laughs> yeah, like the de- but like the default striping. And they're like, and particularly with the road jersey, they're not wrong. Like it does, yeah. it looks straight up like they just took uh, jersey template one or A 
yeah. and just started throwing the colors in that match yeah. or went, or actually, you know what they did is they went like, they picked like the team colors for the Canucks and then went uh, sync up and then click the sync with the rest of the uniform sort of button where it just automatically puts it, just it in the places. Defaults the rest. Yeah. It just defaults those colors for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's good. That's, yeah, that's, good that's, that's, I don't have time. I just want to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. I put, and, um, for that and for like i put up that one prototype idea where lit well prototype by which i mean i literally just colored the 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 flying skate green and blue to match uh and then threw it over top of the johnny canuck and was like hey look i fixed it it's a canucks logo that actually it says canucks it actually is different uh it's not it's a logo that actually looks like it might fit on that uniform uh here is it it is not perfect but it is much better than what you gave us and I saw like a lot of people, obviously a lot of people liked it. I did see some people who were like, uh, you suck, try again. And I'm like, buddy, this was five minutes. I don't, yeah, <laughs> you, like I think you're trying to insult me and be like, somebody was like, uh, don't quit your day job. It's like, I mean, I already did, huh? But, but, the, the, but also bottom dude, line this is five like, minutes. This, if you're trying yeah, to insult me, I really don't care that much. You're just like isolating the fact that it took you five minutes to mock up a Jersey and it's still, it's probably as much time, if not more, than what they spent to design their own. Honestly, yeah, because like it, like you might people might think that that's a joke, but in reality, the jersey that they used is a logo that they did not alter on in based on a jersey that they've already had that they've already and had already as sold. a as a fashion as I believe it was like some fashion. Fa it was called a fashion jersey for Saint yeah. Patrick's it was like Day. it was never it was never worn on the ice. It was specifically just for. Yeah. Uh, just for sale in like the Canuck store and on NHL.com. And that was it. Um, and I believe at the time, what's really funny is if you go back and look for those articles, I think people thought they were an alternate Jersey and hated them at the time and thought they yeah. sucked. So it's kind of funny that now that they're brought back people, some people suddenly like them all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, I might've in reality actually put in somewhat more time than anyone else did into that uniform just by coloring a new logo differently. And Pete, I, the one last thing I did want to say on this uh, before, I don't know if you wanted to, I'm assuming because you've already talked about this a lot, you're ready to move on I to have, some other yeah. things. Um, the one thing that I did want to also interject about these uniforms and about why this is kind of like kind of important, because I did mm -hmm. see some people, I saw some people talking about like, people, everyone is making like, you know, way too big of a deal about this. It's a jersey for an AHL team. Like, who cares, right? It's not that big a deal. And they are, and to to that, to their, to be fair, they're kind of right. Like, it's a little bit, it's maybe we're making too big a deal about what a uniform is for, again, a farm team. Is it, <laughs> it might not be that big a deal at the end of the day. It's obviously not, you know, it's not meant to be like a big money-making venture. It's just meant to be a team that produces your prospects for you. But I will say this, that one of the things we always talk about on the show is that every, even the smallest decisions that a team and an organization makes give you insight into what the bigger picture is. And when you show me, when a team shows me a Jersey that I've already, that, that they are presenting to me as brand new, uh, that has a logo I've already seen before that they did not make any changes to with a jersey that is frankly the same as a, as a jersey that they've worn in the past before and basically shows that it was a, you know, somewhat of a lazy attempt in this uniform. That does 
worry me about the other decisions that they make. What happens when other big decisions come up? Because really branding, a branding decision should be very important to you. It should be something that you put time and effort into getting right, especially when you're entering what is technically a new market in Abbotsford. That's a, yeah. That is a decision that you should take very seriously. And it doesn't seem like they took it really, it seems like they very much just were like, we're going to, we're going to slap a logo that we already have on a call it a day because that's the easiest option when now, but now when you get to questions about, well, what with coming up with the Seattle expansion draft, like what do I do with this player? Are we going to expose this guy or maybe, Hey, this player needs to be protected. Who are we going to sign to make sure that we can keep this player? That worries me because I see all the other details that they could be taking their time on and not, uh, it worries me that they're going to make rushed, quick, to sit, lazy decisions when it comes to what goes on with the hockey team, with the actual on-ice Canucks NHL team, what they right. do with the at their own building. Like it, it may not seem like a big deal, but it all paints a bigger picture, and that's yeah. why it it does matter when you see something like this, and it it should concern you a little bit that that's the amount of effort that went into it because that. That means that that's the kind of decision making that you might see with decisions that matter a whole lot more. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think it was the day after where Daily Hive posted an article too, uh, showing that after they had announced the Abbotsford team was up and running, the Canuck Sports Entertainment had posted like 60 job applications for their team, which optically pretty. It's pretty gross because it's like they probably could have, I mean, maybe they did. We have no idea. They might have reached out to all the employees they furloughed and laid off and they already had new positions. But it's a pretty damning look and kind of explains the laziness of the entire AHL brand launch because incorporated in some of those job applications are things like graphic designer, social media manager, social media content producer, like... So whoever it was that was in charge of this rollout of the AHL franchise brand obviously was someone probably very high up who didn't or it was somebody on his own or somebody who or somebody below their who's, you know, who's getting who's like a lower employee getting having to punch way above their their pay grade and do something that they were not that they've never been trained on. And, you know, that's kind of tough for them to, to throw them into that. Yeah. Yeah, so all in all, very disappointing. Um, but anyway, I, let's uh, let's move on to some other Canucks news that, depending on where you sit on this, is either good news, exciting news, or just kind of a little middle-of-the-road news. But for me, it's very shocking to see that Alex Edler, through his agent, uh, has decided that he is going to test free agency. He didn't explicitly say this uh, in an interview with uh, Vancouver Media, but basically implied that the losing was very hard on Alex Edler. And after years of basically saying, he only knows Vancouver, he doesn't have any interest in waiving his no trade clause and moving elsewhere. He's pretty much content with where he's at. And he, because he doesn't know anything outside of Vancouver, he's content to stay. Well, that contentness has worn off. He's 36 now, or he's turning 36, 37, whatever it is. He's looking for his cup ring. He doesn't see that it's going to happen with the Canucks this year, maybe the next year either. 
And so which is fair, which is completely fair. He's even if put even in if team... so much time for this organization drafted in 2002 or 2003, I believe a long Came time UHL and it's just been an absolute workhorse for this team. Like one of their franchise all time greatest defensemen. Yes. The last few years he's fallen off and injuries have made him slow down and made him not as good as he used to be shot is just not where right. it used to be either. But, you but still he was still a him. damn fine defenseman. And, and you still expected him to retire a Canuck because that's yeah, what he's been his whole career. I think that's right? that's going to be the toughest thing for a lot of Canucks fans who were like completely fine with Edler if he was going to stay for another year on a cheap deal or you know retire or whatever, is that he now has the option to search for career goal number 100 in a different uniform. And that goal, that uniform isn't a Canucks jersey. That's 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 a bit tough. It's now, a tough pill to now, swallow. Yeah. Now we do. Sh- we should keep in mind as well that you know, again, this was set through his agent on a you know on a on a on a radio show. It might yeah. be this could might be just be this. Could, yeah, this could be just them trying to get leverage for a better deal from Vancouver. This could be right. that sort of thing. Um, I believe Jim Benning told Patrick Johnston of the province that that is not necessarily the case, that like, or at least from his point of view, that that's not the case. It's more of a, he just wants to see what's out there kind of thing and that they made an offer uh, and that they seemed fine with, but they want to go see what else is out there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so who knows? But um, if it is true, let's, let's say that it is, let's, assuming that it is true, um, that he wants to, that he's ready to leave because of uh, just the losing and stuff and everything. Especially, the, I think, I think this year was very hard on players, and yeah. you know, like especially in Vancouver because of everything that went ha- went down in the last half of the year. I mean, with like, uh, yeah, it's just, it, you know, it was not a good time for anybody. Um, it makes I get like I think I mentioned at one point on the show that I talked about that if you if you're a player. And you have a season, not just particularly where you didn't win a lot of games, but more importantly, where you ended up, you and every player you, you uh, on your team contracted a dangerous disease, a deadly disease. Uh, it makes it very hard for you to want to come. It might make it very hard for you to want to come back to that organization just because of how that association to it and that association to a very hard moment in your life kind of thing. Um it's it's tough for I don't I don't blame Edler for wanting to go somewhere else. I am not sure how much he'll command in the open market. He is getting old. He's an older guy. He's clearly, you know, he's clear like you mentioned, he's clearly lost a step in, you know, especially in his speed and really he needs a very capable uh defensive partner now. He he used to be able to carry a line on his own. He can't really do that uh, or a pairing on his own. He can't do that anymore. He really needs a strong capable defender to uh play on his right side for him to be uh helpful uh, as helpful as he can be. He might yeah. be okay in sheltered minutes. Like he might yeah. do all right. He might be good if you're able if you're a team that's deep enough to uh Ex- like exercise load management with him and play and not necessarily play him in a full 82. Um, the Canucks are obviously not, not that team. They don't have that, those op- options at their disposal. They don't have a, uh, a huge glut of depth uh, on their blue line. So they can't really afford to pay Alex Edler big bucks to play a bunch of, to, to sit on the bench or something, to sit in the press box or something. They don't have that. Yeah. They don't have the players. They don't have the horses capable to do that. If they're going to pay Alex Edler, it's going to be they, to play yeah. 
every single night, probably close to 20 uh, minutes. They need him. Yeah, which yeah, might be no, they, I mean, the the interesting thing from the Edler thing was that uh, his agent also said like this wasn't a th an issue with money or feeling disrespected. It was just like about exploring his options elsewhere, which, which tells me like he might go elsewhere where he doesn't have to play such a demanding role. And it might even be for league minimum, just so long as it's a right fit. He doesn't have to play 25 minutes a night. Like that's a big like it's not like he's playing 25 minutes for the Canucks like against like players want to play he's playing against like the top elite competition yeah his body can't keep up with that anymore I'm sure he's thinking like if I come back they have nothing else like I'm their backup plan for tough competition because they don't trust Quinn Hughes or they're not going to trust Jack Rathbone so that's going to be me again and so like and the guy who was your defensive partner last year might so is rumored to be on on the way out the door with Nate Schmidt. So who and it didn't really work with him either. And it didn't work that yeah. So, and it didn't work that well. So what do you? I completely do? understand why he would want to maybe explore like a different option that works for him. Uh, I, I and he I, might I, just be he might just want a cup, uh, which would be different than the ideas the, than the ideas of what we had with Alex Edler in the past. Right, because uh, suppose because you know he remember he signed the con the 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 last contract extension under like with the idea that that was probably going to be his last one. He had the opportunity to move on to a contender a couple times, yeah, uh, and didn't. Um, so you know that's so maybe and maybe his priorities have changed in the last in the last little while. Maybe he does want to go out and win a championship uh, somewhere. I don't know what team would necessarily what team is. Uh, prepared to pick him up for that that league men maybe Tampa Bay they are in a bit <laughs> of a cap and I saw some people being like he'll follow in the footsteps of Matias Oland and Sammy Sallow playing their their twilight out in Tampa which hey like yeah maybe maybe that's where it goes for hey, maybe uh, uh but the but, the the lightning are gonna need a cheap cheap defense or cheap deals but he wouldn't be playing because he'd yeah, be playing he, behind he, had been Sergachev and he would you know, be a, Luke, Ruta, a more of a Luke Shen. He would be yeah. playing in that very prescribed that game. Very prescribed. Uh, very much only playing when guys aren't hurt. I mean, I mean, and they're they have injuries, so they do have injury problems. So maybe that's uh, that's that might not be uh, that might he might play a lot of games at the beginning of the year uh, yeah. next season just based on that. Um, but yeah, that might be where he goes. He might go to a team. I didn't now. I will also say as well, I saw some people, I saw like very few, I make it very few, but I did see them a couple, a few, very few, not great people being like, well, how, why didn't he leave the last time? How dare he, uh, <laughs> how dare, like, why, why would he, why did he refuse to waive his no trade uh, before? And now he's screwed the team out of assets. It's like, uh, okay, uh, well, that's not his job. It is not his job <laughs> to do that. He earned yeah. the no trade. He earned the no trade. He has every right to not use it, to not uh, waive it because he earned it. Uh, and also, again, people's priorities change. Uh, leave him alone. That's not his fault. Like, also, that's how it at, goes sometimes. And also, the the timing last year was like, I believe, I don't remember. In the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic. They had asked. They had been asking Edler to waive his no trade clause or his no movement clause like the week of the trade deadline. It wasn't like the beginning of the season. They were like, hey, Eddie, like this might be the last time we can get you moved to a team that might win. Because they weren't thinking about that because as far as they were concerned, they were going for playoffs. And then they started slumping around the trade deadline. 
And instead of deciding to sell, they uh, traded for Tyler Toffoli, and that went swimmingly. And but even the year the before, the, they tried by, the same thing. Didn't work because they, all, by, of course, did it last minute. And by the time the trade deadline came up this last time, they were all sick. And yeah. are you going to trade Alex? Are you going to trade your franchise's best defenseman of all time uh, right after he's recovering from COVID uh, to potentially to a team on the other side of the on the other side of the border where his family can't see him for the next like potentially four months? I don't I don't think so. So what are you going to do? Like they weren't gonna they weren't gonna do yeah. that. So. Yeah. Is the, I don't, is the problem I don't even see veterans. like this isn't even the, like I wouldn't even say this is like if this is what how it's going down now like it's not even like the Canucks like the Canuck there was nothing the Canucks could have done it's not even like a this is not a this is not a a, a shot at management like either this is just a hey priorities oh, here, change I'll take, sometimes I'll happily change take the shot at management this is why you don't sign players over 30 to deals that have no movement clauses because you it's an opportunity cost you're taking a risk that they don't fall off and that they don't wave when you need them to wave uh they thought they would be contending they lucked into the playoffs thanks to the play-in round of the playoff bubble like because people forget they were on their way out of playoffs when they made the trade for tyler Toffoli, and they did not really win when they had tyler Toffoli in that lineup he scored a lot but that was about it. They were not trending in the right direction. And if the season had gone on for maybe another two weeks before the COVID pandemic really shut things down, they might have been on the outs. They might not have made playoffs. And we're looking at a completely different offseason for last year. So it's kind of wild to think, like, just like the everything that kind of snowballed after the COVID pandemic and what it changed in their the team's priorities. Uh, but yeah, th- this is why you can't sign like older players with no movement clauses, no trade clauses. Look at Beagle, look at Roussel. Look, look at the number of no trade, no move clauses on the forward or, group, the veteran groups, I should say, of the Or Canucks. if you are going, you know what? Well, let me let me amend that. If you are going to sign a veteran player uh, and give them a no move clause, do it with a with a more team friendly contract rather than yeah. the five million that they're giving other. Like for example, like Toronto gave Jason Spezza a no a no move clause mm-hmm. on his league minimum deal. Yeah. And completely that fair. makes that makes perfect sense because he's a guy who's literally taking the least amount of money he as an older guy just to because he wants to be on a cup contending team. Uh, so you're not going to then use that to move him somewhere else. The guy, the, the, he is making the sacrifice of taking less money so that he can win a championship. And for that, he get that, that's why he earned a no move clause kind of thing. Right. So that makes perfect sense. Like, I believe one of the things is even that's been said is like, if Spezza got claimed off waivers, the threat was that he would retire just instantly would just be like, I'm done, retire. That's it. I'm a, it's all done for me. Um, so with Edler in the case, they gave him both. They gave him the no move and they gave him the, they gave him a they big, him a all. big, they gave him the big money. They gave him the big yeah. money deal. There are some cases where that might be okay. Like that might be fine. Like the sharks took, like the sharks were giving uh, Joe Thornton. Uh, usually what the sharks did for the last, I think so many years was every time once that Joe Thornton wouldn't resign, uh, right away, they would he would let the Sharks go, try to find the pieces to build a better team around what's going on, and then he basically signed for whatever's left over. Uh, yeah. But for one year, that's the and that again is the sacrifice of it's a no move clause for a one year contract. He's sacrificing term 
uh, and a bigger cap payday for more money sort of thing. If you want to give Edler $5 million for one year at a no move, I guess, like if that's what you, if you have that space, sure. But uh, maybe don't give it all. Don't, you can't give it all. You got to find a, uh, you got to find compromises in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, here's a player that they absolutely need to make compromises on. Because... Can I ask you one thing before we go for, before we get into no, the No, you thing? can't actually. You're not allowed. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No questions. Uh, no, no questions. No further questions. What's, uh, what's your question? My question was, do you think he'll come back? Because I do uh, think that is, I'm not ready to do the whole soliloquy on like what an amazing talent, underappreciated talent. Like uh, there was the Daniel Wagner. Oh yeah, it's got to be official today, before you Which was very that. nice, which was very, like very nice and very exciting, like very sweet. But also I'm like, I don't want to do that yet because there's still a good chance he comes back in my opinion. So I, and I personally think he is coming back. I don't think, I do think this is a little bit more on the, they're trying to get a, they're trying to squeeze the Canucks for a little bit of a better contract thing. What do you, what about you? I'm pretty sure he's gone. Okay. Interesting. I, like where, any, anywhere I have in particular? A nope. Nope. It, no reason or no uh, place in particular. I'm just pretty sure he's gone. Like fair enough. He, if I'm like in Edler's shoes and like, I'm at that age and you know, like, your options are go back to a team that absolutely needs you to work your ass off to maybe be a bottom feeder again or go elsewhere for a decent deal and maybe win a cup. You bet your ass I'm taking the latter option. There's just no way about it. Like, and the other thing is like the Sedins just got hired as advisors. They've been employed for the last 15 days, learning the ropes. If, if those two can't convince Edler to resign for cheap and his, agent is like yeah we like the offers but we just want to see what's out there instead that's a pretty condemning thing right there for what edler and his camp believes about the direction of this current team because yeah the swedes were buddies and if uh they can't convince their boy to do the team a favor then i don't have to tell you so yeah. that's my thoughts on that that's, but that's all fair that's all fair one of the bigger compromises that the canucks need to make when it comes to their UFA sites, which according to some people, they're not even looking at UFAs right now. They're primarily focused on this expansion draft and uh, trying to get like a good player. The rumors are abound that the Canucks are interested in Zach Hyman, who is our player in our episodes version of the into the Canuck first today. <laughs> uh, Zach Hyman is 29 years old. He played in key role with Austin Matthews and in, in the, the Leafs top six was on pace for a career year with 33 points in 43 games, but he's rumored to be asking for term on his deal. And I know he's what you're thinking folks, what is term? What, how bad could it be? Well, folks, 29 year old Zach Hyman is looking for five to eight years on his next contract. And again, 29 years old. It's a big ask for a player who's pretty much been playing with an elite talent for the most of his time in Toronto. He's been completely fine. Otherwise would be a great middle six option for the Canucks. And arguably if you put him with Pedersen, he'd probably be pretty good too, but who wouldn't be, but it's obviously a big ask to, for an organization as depleted of cap space as the Canucks are. It's a bit, bold to be targeting a player who is publicly requesting an eight-year contract northwards of four to five million dollars per season yeah. lachlan your thoughts on this uh well my first thought is no 
<laughs> okay. Just, just second no, thoughts though. Don't do it. My second thoughts is okay. Zach Hyman is a a very good player. Like this is this is nothing to do with the with the objective skill of Hyman. Yeah. He's a very good hockey player. He's and like there is a skill to be able to play with top tier talent. Like that's because you again, if every not everyone can could, do it. Not everyone can do it. And not only that, you can't, no team is ever going to be able to fill an entire roster with, with star talent. Like no team is filled with star talent. So you need players who can properly, who can properly complement those players. Yeah. That's been our knock with the Canucks for a long time is the fact that they don't always have the, is that a lot of the players, especially in their depth, cannot complement their top two talent like Pedersen, yeah. like Besser. Like They're pigeonholed like into their quarterback. roles. You're either a top six forward or you are or you're a, a you're struggling guy. to crack it on the bottom six. Right. You need players who can jump up and do who can do both. Right. Yeah. And to it and to a degree, Hyman is that. The problem is that like a lot of the thing, a lot of the ways the Canucks look at those kinds of holes and in their lineup is in they look for the name brand. They look, Zach Hyman is now a name brand player as far as the, as far as what a good complimentary piece is, which means he's going to cost a lot more. You want the no name brand, no frills guy. You do somebody, you want Zach Hyman who is five, five, four or five years younger that people haven't heard about yet, who won't cost you potentially i think close what was it like 6 million i think is what the is what the looking the cost the thing he's looking for what or at least what like he was that. looking for from toronto like the asking yeah. price from toronto was 6 million like per year was 6 million per or something yeah. and again if he and if he's not going to give toronto a team that objectively like whether or not you like your beliefs objectively speaking he does have a better shot at at winning long term with Toronto than he does with the Canucks based on the way things are going right now. Like that's, that's objectively true. Yeah. Um, if he's not going to give them a discount, uh, a hometown discount to play on a potentially cup contender on a potential cup contender team, he's not going to give one to the Canucks, a team that's very clearly would be asking, Hey, we really need you to come and make our team a lot better than it is. So you're the only way you're getting Zach Hyman is if you pay him that kind of money or at least close to it which the Canucks can a hundred percent not do. They just don't have that money. They it's not in, it's not anywhere in the budget to do it. If it is, it means they've done something very, very bad and they've done something wrong to clear up. Probably likely they've done something wrong to clear up that cap space because unless you're getting rid of Louis Erickson or Tyler Myers, that, that money's not there. You need, you have Pedersen to worry about. You have Hughes to worry about. Yeah. There's already been the talk that the Canucks are willing to move Besser for the right price. Again, we have this conversation every single year. I don't know why we're doing it again. Mm -hmm. Why you would ever give up Brock Besser on it when he's on a good deal, when he's on a good, on a team, on a team friendly contract and was your best player last year. I don't know why you do that. Um, Zach Hyman is not going to help you. Zach Hyman will not make you a playoff team. I think it was Cam Robinson who put it really well that the type of teams that should be, that are, that could, should be uh, breaking down the door to give Zach Hyman a good contract are the teams that are on the cusp of winning already. If you're a team that is 
trying to build into a let's see what we can do kind of wait and like a uh, let's see what happens kind of team that maybe lucks into a playoff spot. You 110% should not be giving uh, a long-term contract to Zach Hyman. And if they do, it would be them making the same mistake that they've made a thousand times already over. Like it just has, you're just asking for it to go wrong. Like you're just asking for trouble. It's just Louis Erickson again. It's just Tyler Myers again. Maybe he's a little better than those players were at that point, but it doesn't matter. It's the same principle of this contract is going to age probably very badly and you're going to get stuck with it. And like all the other ones. It's like the it's, same it's thing. Like, it. like, have they not learned anything from like Erickson or Roussel or Beagle? Like, have they not? Are they still thinking that signing the UFA to the big deal is what's going to put them over the edge? Like, have they not realized that the goal is to find these players before they're at UFAs? Like, find more, those players before they're on the big deal. And more importantly, have they not realized that that those contracts are always the ones that end up hurting them like every time like if if you told like if they were signing those those ufas the team wasn't good but those players were actually doing something and like being a relatively like big part of at least getting the team some semblance of like wins and success then we'd be then okay you can stomach it a little bit but when we're talking about a situation where every time they give out a huge amount of money to a player and free age on the free on free agency day, it always ends up immediately just going so badly every time. It like you have to have learned by now that this is that it is directly making your team worse every time you do it. So hey, stop doing it. Stop please, please giving stop. that money out. Please stop doing you have these. not you have not landed on one since Ryan Miller. Stop it. Stop okay. it right now. Um <laughs> On that same note, so we don't. We I don't think we should talk about players too much because we are gonna eventually will them these things into. Existence. We're gonna manifest it. We're gonna manifest but them. Coming, there, all of there's them been coming. some things that we've manifested on this show that like always seem to be really bad. Like when I jinx the shit. Out, or who did we jinx? Colorado. Yeah, who did you jinx? Uh, Colorado. You jinx when Colorado, I was like, you Colorado is gonna run. Vegas. The- you jinx Montreal. Yeah. You jinx them all. Yeah. So let's not. It's not will any bad things like the Canucks just need to not do anything and come out on top. That's what happened in the first part of this week. That's what we talked about in our first episode of the week when we were like, you know, they're they're looking pretty good by virtue of not doing anything. If they can keep not doing anything, they're going to come out okay. Um, So that gets us into our next little (laughs) topic of not doing anything stupid. Uh, Sadiar Shah, when uh, talking about Adam Larson, apparently wanting to explore the free agency market positive little thing saying Larson would be a great prototype fit for Quinn Hughes. Well, I almost don't want this to happen because Larson is going to command a pretty decent chunk of change. He, he might, will he, I don't know if his stock is that high anymore. Like, I, I think mean, he, it'll, it'll still be granted. It'll still be more than the Canucks should realistically be paying for a player of Adam Larson's caliber. Yes. But I think as far as like, actually, if we're talking actual dollars and cents, it's probably actually not terrible. He has had some injury problems. He my, might. Yeah. My thing is like, if you're going to overpay on a defenseman, are you really going to want to overpay on Adam Larson? Or are you not going to try and find a better defenseman on the market because I don't think Adam Larson would be the best defenseman on the market. 
that is that is that is actually a good question like if there if, if the Canuck, if it is just a guarantee the Canucks are going to overpay for somebody is there yeah. any one player that you would be fine that you would that you looking at the list of players that are potentially available like realistically available i should say yeah is there one is there one out there forward or defenseman that you would be willing to see come well, at it on that risk there is one unfortunately okay. he's not free this year he's free next year and that's colton oh. pareko that would be a good one colton pareko is making like 5.5 million dollars right now and he mm-hmm. stands to be a ufa at the end of next year he'll still be like i think 28 or 29 by the time he's free big boy you know how Jim loves big boys. Um, that's a that's the kind of the incentive to not overspending right now on an Adam Larson when you can wait a bit, toil through this year, and then go big game hunting next off season when the UFA crop is way better. That's that'd be my logic behind it. Why overspend on average when you can overspend on something that might be like legit, like an actual legit yeah. UFA. My one, pl- my one player here, a uh, very similar line of thinking in terms of defensemen uh, as well. Who we and a guy we've talked about on the show before, Dougie Hamilton. If the yeah. Canucks got or some, if the Canucks could get Dougie Hamilton, do it. He's a great, he's a great pickup. He's he's a right-handed shot, which is exactly what you need right now. Big boy. You already, he's a, and he's a bigger. He's a big boy. He can play on your power play. He can play on your PK. He can do a lot. He is yeah. a great defenseman. If you, if the Canucks want to go. If the Canucks come to me and say we spent six million dollars, uh, we sent this, we gave a six by six to yeah. Dougie Hamilton. That is the one player where I'd be like, that was a good call. That was a yeah. smart decision. He's completely the, fine. He, completely fine. I see nothing wrong here. That was a good call. He's a little. He is twenty eight, so he's still in that kind of that semblance. But he does fit a lot of check off a lot yeah. of boxes that you need. So if you want to go get Dougie Hamilton, go ahead. Like that would be a good pickup for them to look yeah, for. Agreed. So yeah. Sadia Shah, what are you doing? Don't, don't do well, this. I don't think, I think he said, well, I think what his tweet was, he was saying that this is what the Canucks are looking for. He's not saying that's what they should get. He's saying that's what, if he's saying that's what management is looking for is an Adam Larson. I don't think uh, he is. It? I don't even think he's saying well, that. He said I, think he's, I think he's just saying Larson's the prototype of what they're looking for to replace. Well, yeah, that, that that's Ka- what he's, well, that's what he's, but he's saying. Not saying that, but he's not saying, he's saying they're looking for him or looking at Larson. He's not. Yeah, that's he's not saying they're clear. Yeah, he's not saying that he's a player they're necessarily have asked about. He's just saying that that is the type of player, exactly yeah. the type of player that they have said they're looking for. Yeah. So it might end up turning into like where there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. So well, yeah. Well, on the same topic of defensemen, why don't we get into the trade that basically kicked off this evening that start, that happened right before we started podcasting. Uh, Nick Letty was traded by the Islanders to Detroit for Richard Panic and the second round pick of the Edmonton Oilers that the, uh, uh, the, the I think the Detroit Red Wings got that in the trade for uh, Andreas Athanasiu. I think I panic came. Yeah. Panic came with uh, that trade, I believe. Yeah. Or no, sorry. Panic or blah, blah, panic came with the, um, uh, in the Anthony Mantha trade uh, and everything. Oh, okay. So, yeah. He was right. in the Washington to, deal, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of where the pick came from. I think cause they it's Edmonton's second round pick. It's not Detroit. So um, it's going to be like middle of the second round or something like that. I think they got that when they traded Athens to Edmonton last yeah, year. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, 
a bit of a bizarre trade because Nick Letty is owed quite a bit of money. He's paid five and a half million for one more year only before he's a UFA himself. Uh, his counting stats aren't that great, um, which is surprising because he's he was on an Islanders team that posted very, very good defensive numbers. And I think they just picked up Richard Panic, but he's like a, a non-player. It's like whatever. The Red Wings retained 50% of Panic's salary and gave up a pick to acquire Letty at full freight. It's like a rental trade that they made here. It's very peculiar. Yeah, it's 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 very questionable, especially, you know, we often mention Steve Eiserman as a as a good as a good general manager to look at what you could be doing if you're doing your if if your general manager is doing a good job. This he's kind of a good a good measuring stick for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's a little odd because we talked about this, I think even, I don't know if this was on the last episode or the show before, but we talked r- right about um, why that whole Mantha trade was important as specifically in the fact that he saw that the window wasn't going to match line up with what uh, Mantha's peak was going to be. So yeah. they traded him and recouped assets early on to uh, get full value for him uh, before it was too late. Nick Letty, I don't see how he fits their plans either, because he's an older, he's an older, he's an older guy. He's been around for a while. He doesn't, he's not, does not make your team much better. Like, and he does not, he doesn't, he doesn't move the needle for what your team is. Yeah, and you're not contending, so you wouldn't. Why would you be renting anybody? Why? And yet you paid more. You you paid you 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 paid to bring Nick Letty on board, even though in theory the Islanders kind of should have been paying you. Like you shouldn't have had to, I don't think he should have had to retain any salary on panic or on panic for that. Like the the only thing I can think of is they're retaining 50% of Letty and plan to flip him for an even better return at the trade deadline. That's the one thing. Yeah. But this current uh, configuration would mean that he is likely uh, exposing Troy Stetcher in the expansion draft. (laughs) I mean, they could still go eight forwards, eight or eight forwards and D protected with one goalie because I mean, realistically at forward, they don't have anything. Yeah. So what else is there to, I mean, unless of course uh, they don't have enough players at forward to potentially expose. Right. Uh, That would be the one wrinkle here is if they just have to, is if they end up having to go in that other route, just because they don't have uh, the players to match it up. Who, who knows? Um, but yeah, it is a bit, it is a bit weird that now you're going to have to, you are going to protect Letty. Potentially defenseman was the one spot where you might actually have, uh, enough flirts to actually get, move on from, um, who knows? Um, maybe they, if they do go, they, I mean, just looking at their roster right now, it would, it does seem like it would make the most sense for them to go. Um, okay. We're going to protect pretty much everyone. We're going to leave, uh, say, I guess uh, probably Vladi Nemesnikov uh, exposed, and yeah, and in that with that in mind, we're gonna take um, we're gonna take step we're gonna take Stetcher, uh, DeKaiser, Letty, uh, we're gonna take DeKaiser, Letty, Stahl, and um, and uh, whoever else is there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like they really, you know, if you look at their list, it's like really they don't have many uh, UF or players on their list that are exposable. But at the end of the day, like. They just don't have anyone really worth protecting. So I could definitely see Eisenman using it, this as a ploy to 
get some kind of better return, get like an exposable asset in return for Nick Letty, and then, you know, protect a combination of Stetcher and whatever he gets back in a Letty trade. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think. Especially because Stetcher's on such a team friendly contract. Like, I don't know why you would want to, I don't know why you just let him get picked up by Seattle for free. Like that seems like your your that seems like a poor call, especially when you have some other guys on the in your roster. You could theoretically uh, are a little bit more worth moving on from, sort of thing, right? Like it just doesn't seem like the best call. Now, yeah. that being said, if Stetcher is the guy that ends up getting left <laughs> exposed, and Seattle picks him picks him up, oh my goodness! What yeah. A- so, so for those that don't know. Of- incredible there there was like a bunch of news that dropped uh i think today and yesterday that pittsburgh uh expansion list might leave jared mccann unprotected there's rumors that calgary might protect mark giordano so that chris tanov could be exposed like which is i would say the most baffling baffling (laughs) yeah like like you just signed a huge deal you you just signed tanov and he had a an incredible year. He had a career year. Why would you protect, why would you leave him exposed over guy who's probably going to retire in like, in like next season? Why on earth would you do that? Yeah. That's Uh, a, that's a terrible call if I'm Calgary, but I mean, if Calgary gets worse, that's better for the Canucks. So to each their own, I guess. This is basically the expansion draft of the Vancouver Canucks because uh, Florida Panthers signed Gustav Forsling to a three-year deal t- in order to be able to protect him uh, in this at this upcoming expansion draft too. Like they like what he did in the playoffs. Uh, if you don't know, Gustav Forsling was traded by the Canucks immediately after being drafted for 15 games of Adam Clendenning. So the Seattle Kraken, judging on who they value, could end up with a decor that includes Chris Tanev, Troy Stetcher, and of top six that includes Jared McCann. So the rivalry right away would be phenomenal because how many upset Vancouver fans that were mad that Stetcher, Tanev, and McCann were all traded away for nothing or lost for nothing in two players' cases are now like leading the way for the direct rival down the highway. That, that is incredibly be, spicy. I love be, it. I, that would be fun. Like in terms of a, from a pure storyline standpoint, that would be very, I would be yes. very, I would be like, I would lose my mind a little bit just on the fact of, I cannot believe that the Canucks are about to have, are about to watch their new geographical rival, take some of their most fan favorite players yeah. and make them their own it and would be bit, i would be kind of mad i'd be very mad but at the same time be like okay that's kind of cool like yeah. just the fact that they would have this instant rivalry all that's left is for them is for the seattle to be like like uh we've uh, made an agreement with uh with montreal where uh so they do we don't take jake allen uh in the expansion draft they've agreed to give us tyler to foley and it's oh, just God. a and it's just a or and, and maybe like brent gallagher as well or something and it's just like <laughs> oh cool all of vancouver's favorite sons just coming to uh showing up in their backyard to uh exact revenge on them oh yeah like, and then alex, and alex edler signs in Seattle alex edler signs a there friendly deal so he doesn't uh, have to move his family 
Roberto Luongo is somehow ends up becoming like assistant GM in Seattle. Uh, yeah. Like just every single, every single, it's just like the Avengers assembling. There's uh, a lot of options where it all to just like, like face palming and laughter, who which is, is great. Who else is out, who else is out there that could possibly like, what other Canuck could they possibly uh, like? Former Canucks are still kicking around the league. Still, ben Hutton, like, is Ben Hutton uh, exposable? New, Ben, oh, Ben Hutton probably is. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine Toronto's got him on going to leave. Oh, him but you exposed. know what? He, uh, I think he oh, had, but he's a UFA, he's, and he has to play twenty-seven games with the team he was currently signed to. So I don't think he'd count as. Actually, no. I, I guess mean, they so, can still take him. So they could, they could, they could, they could negotiate with him. Like, yeah, they can still sign him in free agency. Him. But they yeah, can still that, sign him. So yeah, that would be amazing. There, yeah. Um, who, who knows? Maybe like, maybe, maybe we're going to wake up and find out like, uh, well, I guess they've already got their, their broadcast team. I was going to say like, what if they're just like, uh, we've, uh, we've signed John Garrett. John Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Shorty and Shorty and she just move over to like, uh, to the, to the new, uh, uh, Seattle station or something. Uh, there's a rivalry right there. That, that people might bring out the pitchforks for that. Like they might, people might riot if they, if they, if the, they lost yeah. those guys. Yeah, Shorty uh, and Cheech have been uh, released They're, by Sportsnet no. 650. They are now the play-by-play uh, -play and color commentary for the Seattle Kraken. In their steed is totally Andrew safe. Walker and um, someone else that everyone hates, Mike and Fuda. And me. And me. <laughs> it's like, they signed me. It's like, God damn it. Everyone has to listen to me more. Like, are you? I'm just like, um, I'm like I'm 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 like um oh god who's got oh, I can't tell who the puck is uh like yeah. uh, who's got the I don't puck know who has like, the puck, but they're doing pretty uh, good uh the uh it's blue team uh they got they're moving it up the zone oh I'm I'm, I'm sorry that's the other team uh shoot uh who's that coming up the wing I can't I can't see without my glasses on uh <laughs> I, I, I forgot them today guys I'm so sorry <laughs> that, that, Wait, that would be that'd be that'd be, it. be me but me, anyway yeah, terrible no one wants that no one wants me on television at least yeah. not right now. A lot of juicy, spicy uh, storylines that could be coming out of this expansion draft. We're gonna like hopefully have this episode out really early, uh, so it's not out of date by you know midnight tonight. Because I, I have a feeling this uh, Letty trade for Panic is gonna like start really kicking GMs into gear here because they only have so much time before they the roster freeze takes effect, and they're pretty much left to only figure out their protections, and that's it. Um, so one last thing before we head out for the night. Um, this, this is a very Canuck-centered episode, if you really think about it. Uh, especially in relation to all of the episodes we've done in like the last few months. Yes, it is very yes. Canucks-centric. Yes. Uh, so probably one more, will stay that way. Yeah, so one more uh, really Canuck-centered uh, storyline to close us out. Former Canucks GM... Mike Gillis, the man that built the team that went to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, only to fall short. He's okay, set but actually, to... uh, Dave Notice oh uh, signed. I don't have time for, for Luongo and also all of the no, Kessler. And I don't have time. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, that was anyway. mean. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's set to take the second highest position in the NHLPA, only second to Don Fair according to the athletics Thomas Drantz on Twitter. Um, it's a pretty huge deal. Uh, Gillis uh, used to be a player agent. He knows the ins and outs of the league. He's already got the contacts with the GMs. 
if I'm a player and I see that Mike Gillis is now running the show for the player association, I am so happy because this guy has got a bone to pick with the league that has shut him out. And now he's representing the players that can't be shut out barring intervention from the ownership. So the next couple of years with a flat salary cap, it's going to be just so juicy for Mike Gillis, who is all about shaking up organizations and looking for institutional change. So buckle up as uncle elite put it on Twitter. It's going to be a bumpy ride for the league. Now I, I, I will say like that he's a consultant, right? So he's still like, I I don't know exactly what, I forget exactly what title he was given. Um, Yeah. But essentially it's a consultant role. Like I do think people should temper their expectations a little bit, just in the sense of not because I don't think I, I, not because I don't think if Gillis was given the power to do so, to make those changes, he, he, he would, he a hundred percent would. I I do worry yeah, and he, I, I do worry knowing the NHLPA and what they, what their idea of, uh, of good, of a good day's work, of a successful day's work is that it might be a lot. There, he might not get as much, uh, as much say in what goes on as people might think. I hope not. I hope he gets a lot of change because, again, yeah, he could do a lot. He could do a lot of good change for. The NHLPA, which I think is, which I think you and I have talked, we've been pretty critical about them dropping the ball in a yeah. lot of different cases, specifically when it comes to protecting players' safety uh, and looking at, and making a making a bigger push for players to, uh, you know, be able to market themselves on a grander scale and being and like all the other things that you know that unions should be doing uh, yeah. in a lot of cases. Um, there are a lot, yeah. There are a lot of things that the that the NHLPA as a union has done that I think most unions would look at and say, "This is probably not. This is not your a great job. You're not doing a. You seem to be helping out the other guys a lot more than your your actual union members." Yeah. Um. So hopefully he is given that power. But I do knowing the institutionalized like history of the NHLPA, I do worry now. The one thing that does give me hope, especially, is that if you were, I think you and I, you and I talked about this before. I, I'm not going to tell the whole, the whole. If you want the whole saga on the NHLPA specifically when they were under the when they were headed by a man named Alan Eagleson, I believe a couple other Canuck podcasts uh, have done full episodes mm-hmm. on on him before. But essentially, uh, the guy who started who started the NHLPA, or at the very least, uh, was running it for a very, very long time prior to the, like before into the early 90s, into the mid nineties, uh, uh, essentially went, was later thrown in jail for fraud and um, among other things. Uh, and, and one of the key cases that put him behind bars was actually when he defrauded Mike Gillis out of, uh, out of money when he was injured as an NHL player back when he was with the Bruins. Yeah. So if there's somebody who has a history, who has a good, who has like motive to not like the way the NHLPA is run and the way that it, and the way that it can sometimes not always look out for the best interest of its players, mm-hmm. Mike Gillis is a, is that guy. So yeah. he could come in and make a lot of changes and, I think it was Jeff Patterson that said that Don Fair is in his late seventies, uh, supposedly is looking to retire relatively soon. Uh, I can well. imagine why. 
So like, and yeah, I guess, yeah, you're looking, you're, yeah, you're getting up there in age. Yeah. You might Gunfair spend time with your kids is and 72. He's 72. He's, 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 yeah. He wants time with his great grandkids right now. Are you kidding? Probably. I mean, yeah. So if that happens, Mike Gillis might be the next guy in line to take over. So who knows? Good for him. That, he was, he's for, been a guy that like most people like in the Vancouver market, like regardless of like the Benning bro and whatever faction, like he's a really smart guy. Like he obviously knows like the ins and outs of the league and like he's a very progressive guy and progressiveness is kind of what the league needs to adapt and grow. And we've talked about that like thousands of times on this program is like how the NHL could do better to adapt to the changing times. Uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a great step, even though he's not technically hired by the NHL, but this is, he's a member of like a organization that will demand change and is the best one at affecting change because the league, as most people can, you know, guess is nothing without the players. And so if he's representing the player base, then shit's going to get done the way that the players and Mike Gillis wanted to be done. So that's a very exciting. So yeah, so that would be very good. And, you know, yeah, again, putting your, like whether or not you loved every single on on ice decision he made as a GM, that doesn't, he could be a very, he's clearly a very good, uh, a very good think at, at thinking outside of the norm and not just going with, and not just, doing the same thing that everybody else does. The whole reason the Canucks were so good in that short term, in that, in those, for those two years, they won the president's trophy and their Stanley cup run is because he looked for different ways outside of just, you know, salary cap outside of just what players he was signing and looked at the, how can I improve our travel? How can I improve uh, the way we looked outside the box during a time when nobody was looking outside the box and, and a lot of the things that he instilled with Vancouver are now thing are now standard with every team in the league. So or th- or, th- or teams outside of the NHL. Like he was getting calls on I think sleep study stuff from like NBA franchises and stuff like that. Like so what he was doing wasn't just an NHL thing. It was it had global impact and that's that's crazy. So yeah. this is really exciting for the players union. They've needed some serious leadership for quite a while. Um, so yeah, should be exciting times. Otherwise, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Crease Cast. Again, we apologize wholeheartedly for all of the stuff we've said in this episode being completely out of date by the time you listen to it. Oh, We're yeah. sorry. We well, tried our best. Yeah. Hopefully, Nick Letty hasn't been traded by the time you're listening to this tomorrow that morning would be, on that would Saturday. Be very- that would be very funny if he just got immediately flipped right away, like uh, like as soon my, as the I, Mike Hoffman trade. As soon as uh, I hit back. end broadcast, it's gonna be like like Nick Letty flipped for two first round picks, a fifty percent retained. Like that, <laughs> I don't even know. Would you be mad at that point? I don't know. Nah, it's too, nah. I honestly think we'll make it into the morning. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see much else here. Yeah. Uh, well, outside of that. Otherwise, folks, thank you so much for listening to this one. It was great to actually talk about all these different news beats and how they tie to the Canucks for a change. If you like this, you're going to love our other episode this week where we basically talked about all the dumb things that other GMs were doing and how the Canucks were skating by and not avoiding a disaster. Uh, if you like that, you can follow us on all of your usable or usable podcast platforms. That includes As opposed to your unusable ones. 
true because some of them are really bad. But anyway, you can find us on the good ones, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Amazon Stitcher, Overcast, and a bunch of other crap I've never heard of. But they're all out there. Rate, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and to any podcast service. We appreciate the reviews, and it helps us in the algorithms for getting our stuff noticed by the YouTube and podcast robots. So please do that. We appreciate it. I am Cody Sievertson. You can follow me at Cody Sievertson on Twitter. My website is CometsHarvest.com. Bookmark it now before the name changes, uh, because otherwise it's going to be impossible to find it's gonna anyway. be interesting figuring that one out. Uh, figuring out yeah, where that's, you're gonna go. I might crowdsource they, that one. That might be the that might be the hardest part is they did not give you anything. They did not really give you much to work no, with. No, I had nothing to work with. I At made that joke it, on. Um, I'm pretty sure I made it made the joke on both the uh, Roxy Fever episode I was on and the HL Calder Farm set. I was like, I don't know what to call it. It's either gonna be Canucks Harvest and I get sued, or it's gonna be Johnny on the Harvest and I stop writing because I hate the name so much. So, <laughs> otherwise, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll workshop can, it. Uh, we'll send it here, to before the PR I, sorry, people. If you're looking on team. our YouTube, I just switched the banners up a bit. You can also subscribe to our Patreon, where Lachlan is constantly churning out write, written content. We're supposed to be doing more uh, videos and uh, special episodes, but uh, you can blame me for that. Um, but we have a little uh, thingy here that Lachlan was, I think, he was about to show you. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're following uh, our is... YouTube channel, we got some merch samples ordered in to see what they yeah. look like. And we got yeah. us some priestcast shirts possibly oh, coming in uh, via uh, Teespring. Yeah. Uh, they're new. pretty good. Nice uh, little goalie mask logo with the headies. Uh, yeah. yeah, so stay, stay, stay tuned for that. Looks great. We're going to hopefully yeah. have a bit of a shop set up soon once we kind of get the artwork uh, set up soon we're not going to pull a canucks and set a date and then not have it ready in time so just remember keep guys mind, something's coming on the way uh, it's good 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 stuff comes to those who wait or whatever yes, the, you can't whatever you can't, the, you can't rush greatness. you can't rush greatness <laughs> lachlan it. where can they find your greatness they can find my greatness at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok sometimes at Lock in the Crease, or you can check out lockinthecrease.com. I post articles sometimes. Uh, yeah, I I should have something coming out pretty pretty soon. I want to. I, I have at least two articles that I'm hoping to get out before Ooh. the expansion uh, before the expansion draft drops. So we'll see. And then yeah, uh, keep on the yeah. Make sure you check out our Patreon as well. Yeah, expand your consumption, follow Lachlan and all his stuff. We'll catch you guys at our next episode, probably next Tuesday, when a whole fuckload of news is probably going to get dropped and we're going to have another massive two-hour episode for you. Thanks again for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye!